Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you are new to the show, we have a new episode every Monday and Thursday streaming through charismapodcastnetwork.com. You could also get the Charisma Plus app. Um, our podcasts are on there. There's um, there's over 100 episodes now that you guys can just listen to. Lots of um, interviews we have on there, teachings. We have different series. Right now, we're in a series entitled First Love Fire. It's going to be a 10-part series about engaging with the presence of God and living in first love passion, how that does not need to diminish in our lives, but we can go from glory to glory, strength to strength, faith to faith, living in love with Jesus because he is that good, he is that amazing, he's that beautiful, and so you can tap into that. And for those of you who are listening week after week to Awaken Podcast, thank you so much for subscribing, rating, reviewing. This gets it out to more people so that it could spread and so many more people can be encouraged by the content that is being released, the revelation that is being released. I've been getting a lot of testimonies that have been coming in about people who have been sharing this podcast with family members and friends and how you know Bible studies and home groups have been listening to several episodes of Awakened Podcasts and so diving into my different series. And so I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. You guys are incredible. And so thank you for spreading the word and sharing that. And so today I have a guest on the show. This is his second time appearing on Awakened Podcast. His wife came on with me last year as well. And so I want to dive right in because he wrote an incredible book and the insights are important. They're in We are constantly hammering the finished work of the cross on this podcast. We're talking about freedom, forgiveness. We're talking about life flowing with the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God. And so we're going to go there today as well. We're going to hear about encounter stories today about how the Lord encounters us and shifts our lives. And so my guests today, they are lovingly referred to him and his wife as the Joy Apostles. This is Georgian and Winnie Banoff. They're a radical team with a powerful message. They travel extensively conducting, uh, conducting revival meetings and conferences worldwide. There is a strong anointing and tangible presence of the Holy Spirit with their praise and their worship and their preaching. They travel all over um, into different parts of the world, into really dark parts of the world. They go and they spend time among the poor, among lepers, going to garbage dumps, singing and worshiping with joy and exuberance, loving the poor and the orphan. Their lives are truly poured out, living in the the footsteps of Jesus. And so it's always a joy to speak to them and kind of hear what is on their heart and what is going on. But Georgian, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, glad second time. Great. Awesome. It is always a joy to hear from you and talk to you. And I know that you just released a new book entitled Joy, God's Secret Weapon for Every Believer. And so I do want to dive into that. And um, at the same time, in the first chapter of your book, reading through this book, first of all, lots of amazing biblical uh, content and revelation. The book is full of the word of God, but it's also full of God's stories and shifts in your life that have taken place where the Lord has really set you free and opened up your eyes in a lot of ways. In the first chapter of your book, you talk about how you first encountered the Lord and how you were awakened to the presence of God. Can you give us Can you give us a little bit about that? I'd love to hear. Yeah, I was uh, born and raised in a communist country, which means that um, by and large, you don't hear anything about God other than it's stupid and doesn't exist and you're an idiot if you believe anything else. Mm -hmm. So it's a a strong, strong uh, Marxist doctrine, which is really ironically, if you read his poetry, you're going to realize that Karl Marx was first and foremost a God-hater, a bitter man. Yeah. Amazing. And we never knew that, but I found that out later as I came to America. So uh, I escaped from communism. I got fed up with their lies and control. 
weird control, like unbelievable. And I managed to escape, which huge miracle because like people lose their lives uh, on the Iron Curtain. I don't know if you, anybody remember mm. that Berlin Wall and so forth. Yeah. So the entire Europe was divided. But I managed to escape and arrived to America as an immigrant headed for Hollywood, really. And I encounter, uh, first of all, the Jesus people. They're the ones who met me in the streets and introduced me to their, to, and they invited me to their home. I loved them. Me. It took two months, but finally broke down this atheism and, and resistance and for me. And, and I had an encounter with the Lord after two months of, you know, aggressively loving on me and feeding me and doing everything they can to kind of win my heart. And it worked. Mm. And I had a powerful encounter. Uh, with the Lord, uh, if he exists, and eventually baptized me with the Spirit, I had an encounter with heaven. I mean, it, it was <laughs> incredible. Yes. That's kind of what I'm doing in that first chapter. Yeah, that's so awesome. I just love, I love hearing your story. I've heard it several times, but just how God could, you know, and there's so many people that have gotten saved in the Jesus People movement, and how just the love of these people, their pursuit of you, the you know unashamed of the gospel, how that really won your hearts. How God yeah. used used that in your life, and so you you share a lot of stories in your book. You talk about how you encountered the Lord, which is amazing. But you also talk about how you stepped into sonship and encountered the Lord as Father, and how you moved from a servant to you know servant mentality to a ment- a mentality of friendship with God. And one of the most astonishing scriptures to me. There's so many amazing scriptures, beautiful scriptures. But when the Lord looks at His disciples and says, I no longer call you servants or slaves, but I call you friends because I've, I'm, I'm disclosing everything to you. I'm not hiding anything from you like a master would a slave. And I feel like so many believers have this mentality of God being their master and they are slaves. And at the same time, he is king and we should honor him and respect him. And when he says something to us, we should heed his word. And so at the same time, we need to relate with him in some sense there, but not that slavish mentality, like being a friend of God you talk about in your book. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, the friend, uh, the friendship with God came uh, first, uh, uh, because that was a big deal in my, in my life, even before God. Uh, so I, I had a few friends, not too many, but in the communist country to have a friend, is really speaks of trust and loyalty big time because, because the communists are so wicked. They, they pit people against each other, even mm-hmm. husband and wife and just crazy father, sons and fathers and stuff. Anyways, uh, friendship was a big deal. So when I got saved and got and the Lord began to show me that he is a friend. He's a best of friend. He he loves friendship. And I go, Wow. And he you know, through the life of Abraham as I read the stories and through the life of David and, and Moses, you know, friendship became wow. I can be friend with God. That's so awesome. But sonship came relatively later, like almost 10 years. And the reason being is because I grew up without a dad. So I didn't have quite kind of like what's up with between, uh, you know, father, something I didn't never, never had in the natural. Therefore I kind of brushed it off. I didn't, didn't, didn't even notice. And, and mm-hmm. after 10 years, the Lord graciously took time, uh, not pushing on that. Cause he, he knows, he knows how I, can, how I think and how I feel. He knows I didn't have the dad thing. So he waited for about 10 years and then he stepped on that 
and and I had a powerful encounter uh, as 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 dad. It was huge. I still I feel emotional, you know, talking about that. It was huge. Mm. Yeah. It was huge. Wow. Yeah, and that set me free actually from uh, performance because I was a ma- major performance guy. I mean, I since I was five, five years old, I'm violinist. I mean, he practiced. Every day, summer, vacation, no vacation, school, doesn't even matter. Rain or shine, you're playing that violin. It's just the way it is with, with uh, you know, musical instrument. My, my mom was very ambitious. She wanted me to be the best violinist and this and that. So that alone programs your brain to think that ain't nothing good come without practice, without yeah. workout. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I was a very performance. Uh, not not just driven, but uh, mindset. You know that's how it works. But and the Lord had to wait, um, like I said, for this sonship because uh, sons and daughters don't do anything, nothing, zero to become sons and daughters. Moms and dads do make sons and daughters, right? So, uh, so in order for him to uh, to explain to me the gospel, which is by faith alone, by God's works. Faith yes. in his work, believing in his work, so much so that even the faith that it takes to believe it, even that is granted. He gives it back. He he helps you with that. So I had this whole uh, relation of grace uh, came after my encounter with God as a father. Mm. That's when all the performance, uh, you call it orphan spirit, you call it whatever you want, that dropped. That, that, he, he squeezed that out. He actually squeezed it. He gave me a hug. It was hard to explain how a God who's a spirit gives you a hug as a, as a physical human being. I don't know, but he did give me a squeeze <laughs> hug. And that hug squeezed that performance till a spirit out of me. It was mm. like, holy. And, and in the same time, I felt uh, the, 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 the depth, the height of his love. Like, like I felt so loved that without any way to increase it or decrease it, yes. either way, yes. just totally, 100% forever. Like, wow. Like, it blew me away. And, and it was so good. And, and that's under the influence. That, that, man. I mean, it's not like fear hasn't tried to come or... Orphan spirit doesn't try to come. It, it tries, but the devil is an orphan, right? He's the one that's rebel. That's right. But he pushes it, but he could never get me uh, to buy into it fully like I like I used to. I was like an orphan, you know? And it was easy to drive me with performance kind of mindset, but it's no longer. I, I cannot be driven. Like, like I cannot be manipulated. I cannot be. Sure. And, and mm-hmm. meanwhile... I'm fully aware of God's love for me, whether I serve him like crazy doing stuff like stadiums and winning souls and millions and stuff, or I I don't, but that's not how I'm going to get him to love me more. He already loves me. And because um, I know that love, I I mean, of course, I can't stop doing things for him, but it's not to gain the love, you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure for me, I struggle with the same issues. Performance, you know, I knew that 
It was, you know, when I encountered the presence of God, it was the love of Jesus poured into my heart and it was divine. It was supernatural. It was tangible. But when I wasn't performing like I felt like I should have or like like the Bible says, I wasn't reading as much as I should or praying as much as I should or evangelizing everywhere I went. If I didn't meet these certain standards I um, thought were God's standards over my life, if I didn't meet those standards, then I would be miserable in depression, feeling like, how could God use me? How could God you know, fulfill what he has for my life if I can't do these simple things. So I was up and down like a roller coaster. If I was performing well, I would be in joy and bliss and I'd feel the presence of God and encounter him. But then I would beat myself up and I'd struggle with self-condemnation and uh, and guilt. And I'd be, you know, just tearing myself down. And God had to confront that. He had to reveal his grace to me like he did with you. The scriptures that say the same way that the father loves Jesus, Jesus loves me in the same manner. It's like these scriptures that began to explode in my spirit and you begin to be released from this fear of punishment. You're no longer relating to God. Like if I do good, he's going to bless me. If I do bad, he's going to punish me. You remove that mentality when the love of God is poured out in your heart. You, you become free. And so I know it's huge in your life and ministry. In this book, Joy, you and your wife, Winnie, carry such a joy and exuberance and excitement, you know, a zeal for life because you carry the presence and you're walking in the footsteps God has for you. Is this when, when you experience the father and his love for you and a revelation of grace and identity, is this when joy really became exuberant in your lives? Yeah, uh, I, I could say that, uh, a mixture of, um, mixture of <clears throat> the, there's like, Love, meaning like in conditional in sense. I mean, the condition is it being Christ. Like once you, once you have received Jesus as your Lord, that's it. You're in Christ. You're, that's right. You're in the inner circle, so to speak. So that's that's the condition. Um, otherwise, he also loves you, but you don't feel it. You don't can engage. But once you accept Jesus, you, that's a kind of a responding to his love for you and stuff. Then you get saved, and now now. You're in Christ, and and uh, and that's the uh, the first uh, sort of like source of joy because because where there's love, there's joy. Like when there's no love, then there's no joy in a way. And um, so love love was huge. And the other thing for joy was um, uh, the the grace message of the finished works. Once you realize that he can't, he he done it. He finished it. He's giving you the final product, which is your new spirit. Yeah, of course you renew your mind. And, and of course we, we line up with the truth every day, reading the word and spirit and so forth. But we already are fixed. We already are complete in him, you know? And so those two things, that, that's a great reason to be rejoicing. Those are usually big stumbling blocks for joy. If you don't feel loved, and if, if you feel like, okay, he loved me only when I do this and this, and then it's like a yo, exactly I described it. Um, and then there's, consist- there's no consistent joy, but with those two factors for me, man, joy is it's hard, to be, hard to be, you know, taken away because that, you, you know, your relation of who you are and the finished work it makes mm-hmm. you very happy. Mm-hmm. I really related. Yeah, I really related to you and you were saying like the two biggest revelations that you just shared right now that really brought joy and freedom into your life is one, realizing the unconditional love of God. You can't do anything to make God love you more. You can't do anything to make God love you less. You are unconditionally and relentlessly loved. And then the second revelation of I am dead to sin. 
I am dead to sin because of the finished work of Christ. I don't need to set myself free. I do not need to crucify myself. I am dead to sin as a grace gift from God. That sanctification is not a process where I'm daily dying, but sanctification is, um, yeah, I am, I am saved and I am sanctified. It is a grace gift of God that I need to walk in through the renewing of my mind. Those two revelations absolutely just radicalized my life. And so when I read that in your book, I related with it so much because that's how I began to walk in consistent joy and freedom, not up and down like a roller coaster. Absolutely. That's it. And everybody that is born again, it's given to them. We've been given that. But uh, unfortunately, uh, our our mentors or moms and dads in the Lord are not always aware of that exactly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, or yeah. Yeah. In my case, uh, that was one of the reasons the other, that I wasn't consistently in joy to start with. The other, the other reason was, uh, um, yeah, that's, that's the influence is so mm-hmm. important that you would, you would, uh, well, the, re- the other reason was because naturally, I was performance-based, right? So when sure. I read the Bible, uh, you naturally tend to interpret the Scripture through your performance-based kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and the Lord would just mercifully, gracefully busted that um, mindset, and and I had an encounter with Him as a, and He says, "Hey, reckon yourself dead to sin now." And, you know, eventually. I'm making a short because it's a long visit, but basically believe it. Believe what I did on the cross. I ended the struggle with sin and its and its um, identity and its uh, because sin is more than something something that we do. Uh, sin is also a, a a mindset of the devil that that shapes you as a sinner, as a as, as connected to, to to Satan in his way, which is rebellion performance mm-hmm. oh my gosh people don't realize how what a performance junkie the devil is like he's yeah. totally into condemning self-performance because he's he left grace he left the grace of god he left the the, the love of god and he it's like he's like a roman seven described actually the devil to me he just the roman seven uh guy a guy says uh mindset says uh i mean paul talks about that, but not as like himself. Like it's not like a autobiography kind of thing. He's discussing what he used to be yeah. in that mindset of religious, the law, mm-hmm. yeah, practically. And the devil uses the law big time. Like he's the biggest legalistic uh, thing, and he boasts in that because that way he he shows God that hey, I could do it without you. I could, I could. Even your requirements, I can meet him. He can't, but he's, mm-hmm. he's deceived like that, you know, yes. and he pushes that. But the Lord said, me free from that, says, no, reckon yourself dead right now without any practice. <laughs> like, <laughs> I said, okay, I'll, I'll practice that and someday I'll get good at it. No, 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 don't, don't, don't get into performance like reckoning, considering. That's, that's not to be practiced. Just do it right now. Just say it. All right? It's what I told you. In the basis of what I did, but not say it. And I go, Lord, in the basis of what? How can I say it? I just have to have at least a few weeks of practice. And he goes, no, it's based on my practice, my performance, which is Romans 8, verse 3, what the law could not do, God did. That's right. I mean, when I, 
when when I saw the goddamn man, it atomic bomb explosion inside my spirit. God did. Yes. Everything based on what God did. Yes. So that was a huge thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it says right there, and he condemned sin in the flesh. And for me, for, for so long, I, I believe that God forgave me. I believe that he loved me unconditionally at this point when this revelation of being dead to sin, reckoning myself dead to sin, when this came into my life. But, you know, I still believe that I had a dirty, sinful nature that I needed to kill off that I was always going to have this war on the inside of me of flesh and spirit and that we needed to feed the spirit but starve the flesh. And it was this constant focus on sin. And inevitably, it I was always wrestling with sin and I couldn't get free from certain sinful behaviors because I was constantly focused on me fighting sin, me not trying to sin. But when I got this revelation of Christ in me and his finished work, that it wasn't just partial work, but it was a completed work that he didn't just forgive me, but he set me free all in one, in one, you know, work in, in his life, death, resurrection, ascension. When I began to realize this, it was really, oh my God, so life changing because now I saw myself differently. I was no longer identifying with Adam and what Adam did to affect my life, but now I'm identifying with Christ and what he did to affect my life as more stronger and more powerful. So really it was just about the renewal of the mind to bring transformation. And that was that was huge. That was absolutely huge. And so I think that's so important for those who are listening right now because this will enhance your joy, realizing that Christ has done it. Christ has finished it. It brought consistent joy in my life. And so, man, this is this is really important for people yeah. to really important for people to know. They need to know their identity. Yeah, and uh, exactly, but the identity is uh starts with who you are uh, in the spirit, because sin was in our spirit. We were fallen spiritually, uh, <clears throat> and that's why it was. <clears throat> excuse me. The, the emotions were controlled by that. Our mindset were controlled, or, or, or even our bodies were controlled by that uh, identity that we were fallen. And mm-hmm. and uh, so sin was actually lodged inside our spirit. So for for, for Jesus to set us free. He, he couldn't just forgive us. Uh, he had to cut that off from us. He had to take that dead, uh, sinful spirit mm-hmm. and nail to the cross. That's what he did in his death. It, it gives us a new spirit. That's what, I'm sorry, <clears throat> that's what spiritual circumcision is all about, the circumcision of the, of the heart, the, mm-hmm. the, sin, the sinfulness, that stony heart, that's, that's that sin. He cut away that stony heart and gave us a heart of light that we could touch, you know. That's the new spirit. That's where it starts. And that's where you can reckon yourself that the sin because it's the spirit. And of course, your mind now have to agree with that. And uh, as we read the word, and then we experience these freedoms from the inside. And so we realize that, like you said, we're already free, but it's a spiritual freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, somebody say, well, but I emotionally still feel, okay, it's okay. Don't stress it out. Just agree with the truth that you're born again. Spirit is, is not stressing out over that. It's already clean and pure. And now stand with that and agree with that. And emotions slowly but surely are going to stabilize and you're going to realize, you know what? I, I'm not controlled by sin anymore. You know, I'm tempted to, but I'm not controlled. Does that yes. make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, I'm just making the difference between the soulish 
the soul and the spirit and uh and uh that's that uh like inner uh sinful well so to speak has been taken now we have the well of christ himself is within mm-hmm. our deep well inside and that's where the the freedom is from and the more we connect with that and stay in tune with that um our soul gets it gets into it yeah sure of course you know slowly but surely just like that so anyways yes it seems otherwise it's the cart before the horse and yes. the performance kicks in like you said and mm-hmm. uh and so yes. giving giving into his new creation for us giving into him basic the new creation is christ inside i mean that's that, right let's agree that that's the new creation You're not separate from him created new he's created the new you is inside him you know what I mean? We are in union with him. So good. In that spirit realm. So yeah. good. And that brings a manifestation of joy. When we see all that Christ is, all that he has done, how he sees us, how he relates to us, how he feels about us. When we immerse ourselves in the reality of Christ, his work, his emotions, his feelings towards us yeah, as a father, yeah. as, as, a, as a king, as a bridegroom, and as yeah. many facets as a friend then we begin to get overwhelmed with joy. And it's not going to happen immediately. Yes, it's it's the renewal of the mind. It's a process. It's seeds, and then you water the seeds. The kingdom starts off like a small seed on the inside of us, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows. We just need to focus our attention yeah. on on him and what he's done. And over time, we will experience the feelings, the 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 experiences, the yeah. encounters that everybody yeah. wants you're to. Talking, as you were talking, sorry, Kendra, but as you are talking, I got the picture of this boy or this kid, girl, boy, it's street kid, street yes. kid. Just Steve, steal, because no, no dad, no mom, so he's just fighting for everything, for everything, he's just stealing and this. So this uh, wealthy man drives by and says, hey, hey, I like you. Would you hop in the car, I'll give you some food, I'll take you to some food. And he brings to his house and brings to the kitchen and and eats eat all we want here at this feast. And, and then... Uh, it leaves you for a little bit, and you and the kid starts to put food into his bags or something into his pockets, whatever. And and the and the man goes, "Hey, what are you doing, man? This is all yours. In fact, this kitchen I'm sharing with you. You don't, you don't have to go and run away and just be an orphan anymore. Stay here. All that is yours. Yes. You don't have to steal it. It's yours. That's kind of a radical example. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's true. But it's Back true. Example: We are in. We are in his house. We are his sons, his daughters. Like you said, the bride. There's that another level. We also see his bride. Like he's not. We're not just orphan uh, kid. But uh, he marries you. Like wow. I mean, it's like it's <laughs> it's a whole another level of what he what he how he looks at us. Yeah. He doesn't look. Let's say your girl. He doesn't look at you at this orphan uh, girl. That's you know, do anything we can to survive. You're inside, he, he adopted you, but also he wants to marry you. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I like you. I want to marry you, you know? And it's like, oh my gosh, just a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we have a passionate God. Yeah. We have an affectionate God and he is 100% committed he loves us and there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> we can't oh sin ourselves. We can't sin ourselves uh, out of his love. We can't sin ourselves out of his love where much sin is, grace abounds all the more. And he's always wooing us. He's relentless in his affection. And so we have an amazing, 
We have an amazing, amazing God. And so I'll just, as we, as we wrap this up, your book, Joy, um, it's called God's Secret Weapon for Every Believer. You know, a lot of people think like, oh, they see people laughing and they see people always excited and happy and rolling on the ground laughing. And they see, you know, see these in different meetings and, and, you know, see people that are always exploding with joy. They think to themselves, you know, you have to take the call of God serious. How come these people aren't being so serious? They need to, this is a serious, heavy and holy call of God. Like, you know, why, why aren't you, why are you being more serious? There's a time for joy and there's a time for, to be serious. And so I know this is huge because I do believe that joy is a secret weapon for every single believer. And so what would you say with people that have that mentality and why is joy so important for us to be victorious? Well, joy is uh, not just emotional. It is, but it's not just that. It's way deeper than that. If it was just a human life, the human joy is good, but it's, that John talking about is the joy of the Lord Himself. It's like a substance from Him. Mm. He is my joy. He is my joy, if I could say it like that. And uh, I think with C.S. Lewis, that's joy is heaven's most serious business because <laughs> there, in His presence, uninterruptedly, joy is just rule. But now the Lord it wants to bring that ruling joy in inside not only me, but also in you, but also through us. Mm-hmm. He wants to reach uh, others. And that's that joy of grace. It's like, listen, I know you were born in this sinful world. I know you reckon yourself to be a sinner, but I'm going to change that in you because I see you in me. He's already rejoicing over what he's going to do. You know what I mean? And so joy is powerful weapon because as we share, these, these, uh, these Christians, they were the Jesus people. They were the happiest people I've ever seen. I'm going, my gosh, what kind of a happy drug are you taking? <laughs> you know, my drugs, I got ups and downs with my drugs, but you're the always like, you always smile. You're always like, there's a love and joy in you, and, and it's you're powerful, you know. I thought it was a drug. because no, that's Jesus. Jesus makes you happy. Jesus wants to make his joy to you and for others. So it's a weapon because it takes, it destroys darkness, destroys sadness, destroys depression, destroys all these things that the devil is the opposite. The devil is grumpy, he's lost, he's rebellious, he, he hates, and joy is the opposite, is Jesus. So it's a powerful weapon, and don't take it like a, many people take joy like a dessert. Like, well, I, I can yeah, I can eat dessert, but I don't have to. As long as I have my hamburger or whatever, then yeah. I'm okay. But mm-hmm. it's not an added thing. It is a hamburger. Joy is the hamburger. It's not an ice cream. It's the hamburger, so to speak. It's the it's the meat that they put. It's the it's the true ingredients. Kind of like love is joy. Is identical. Uh, the spirit of God is love. Love is God is love. You know, and we kind of accepted that. But we don't accept that God is joy. It is. God is love. God is joy. God is peace. You know? Peace is yes. not something now and then. It's always consistent shalom. He's the prince of peace. So when you when you get Jesus, you should expect that the peace inside you will be permanent. Mm-hmm. Same with joy. It's a powerful, powerful weapon. Um, you know, same as faith. I mean, everything that from God is a gift. and But joy is one of those most like visible, like you are joyful because you're smiling, right? You know, Isaac, his name Isaac means joy, means, means laughter, and, and it means a smile, you know? And, 
So, and that is what we take, like, oh, well, I don't, I don't need that. Yes, you do. Because without that joy of the Lord, uh, you're not aware of the Lord. You know what I mean? Yes. It's a powerful weapon. And it really works, uh, Michael, not just in a church or good places, but works in the garbage dumps, works in the West Banks, works in the Sudan refugee camp, works in interior of Congo. I'm, I'm describing places that, have, that are going, bring the joy. And it works in the most difficult situation and changes the most difficult. Because it's, it's in his presence, there's fullness of That's joy. right, joy. Oh, yeah. You know? And and somehow we we changed the concept of the presence of God, uh, but we we must understand that God's presence is always there's always joy in it. We can't take it one without the other. That's the revolution I'm trying to start, so to speak. Uh, that to say, hey, joy is not little bits of something, ice cream or or, or topping in a cake. Mm-hmm. It is a cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even if you want strength, do you want strength? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, the Bible yeah. says you want more strength in your life. We need the joy of God in our lives. You know, the apostle Paul was in prison. He should have been depressed. He should have been miserable, but he said, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. He was stirring himself in the Lord and he had the joy of God, even when he was in a miserable dark and desperate circumstance and so the joy is supernatural it is something that is otherworldly it is not uh, a joy that the world gives that is dependent upon our circumstances but it is a joy that is deep down in our spirit that wells up because of the beauty of who jesus is and who we are in him and so we we need the joy of the lord because no matter what comes against us no matter what's happening in our lives we get experience a supernatural otherworldly joy that can carry us that can carry us through dark times in our life and so this is this is an amazing message. You know, you wrote a book called Joy, God's Secret Weapon for Every Believer. Uh, can you tell us, George, and how um, the listener right now can grab a copy of this book as well as maybe just connect with your ministry and what you guys are doing right now? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, the book is immediately uh, available on Amazon if you want to buy it right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we have it on our website. If you look at George and Balance, and you'll... you'll You'll find my website, and it's on the, in the store there. But you can immediately grab it from Amazon. And I personally uh, would love if you could pick it up now from Amazon and mm-hmm. read it. And after you're reading it, just give me a comment, uh, like a review, sure. because we wanna we wanna uh, it's 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 published by Chosen, meaning that uh, we 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 could have uh, you know Chosen is owned by Baker. Baker is not exactly. It's evangelical. It's, uh, mm-hmm. And I think the way we wrote it is to grab people who may not be familiar with being baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, or not even Christian because joy is attractive uh, kind of a sure. title. And I'm, yeah. I'm, with your help, with you guys, just if you get the book on Amazon and, and do a review, it'll help win some souls or, or that will win people who don't know about the Holy Spirit. Maybe mm-hmm. they're Christians, but they don't know about the baptism. They, and the book is written in a way that that gets, uh, yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. the last thing I want to say is, is, is the joy is such a strength. You're going to become very strong Christian uh, as you as you read some of these simple things that I'm I'm describing in the book. And and like like you said, not just strength to, uh, uh, but the, the the author of the Paul wrote to, to, the, to the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord. And then again, I say rejoice. He was waiting execution. 
That yeah. was in the, the darkest, not just dungeon, but the darkest time of his life, so to speak. But that's not what was happening. He was in heaven already. He was in the influence of the presence of God. So it's this powerful concept, powerful, powerful thing to, to, to get into your spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so your website, can you tell us the uh, website? I'm going to put it in the link as well here on the show so people can access it. But where could they, you know, what is the uh, website link? Yeah. Website is globalcelebration.com. Global celebration. Awesome. Kind yeah. of, kind of a world, world, excited party, world party. <laughs> you guys. That's what the Lord told us that to, uh, to name amenity. He says, uh, you know, prodigal story, Luke 15, he says quickly, Lot of the fat calf, my son is back. Let's just have party in the house. Yeah. So that's kind of like the, the the celebration name comes from that particular scripture. That's Global beautiful. Celebration. That's beautiful because you guys don't just go to wealthy parts of the world. You guys are literally in the garbage dumps, yeah. playing playing music and worship, exuberance and joy, partying in the garbage dumps among the poor, blessing them, loving them, sp- you know, spreading the gospel, feeding them, taking care of them, yeah. and so. It's a beautiful ministry, and so I highly recommend those who are listening to tap into Global Separation. They get a copy of Joy, God's Seeker Weapon for Every Believer. What a powerful book, full of testimony as well as scripture, the word of God that is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. So grab a hold of Joy, and thank you, Georgian, so much for taking time to be with me today. You're welcome, Michael. Blessings to your ministry. You're awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Georgian. Uh, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It'll help us get it out to more people so they can be awakened through the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you guys, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hello, let me tell you about this amazing online store, The Hope-Filled Journey. You'll definitely want to check it out today. Michelle and Renee Torres, they started up this online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, like we all know. Uh, full-time jobs, raising four children, and they stepped out in faith, and God is honoring them every step of the way. You go to www.thehopevillejourney.com. It's where you'll find extraordinary products, clothes, fashion accessories, jewelry, and more. Their goal is to inspire faith through their product line as well as high quality and all they do and produce, which we know is very, very important. Um, check it out today, thehopefilledjourney.com, and you'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more. And you'll also get $20 off of your purchase if you spend $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. So go to www.thehopefilledjourney.com. You'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more, and you'll get $20 off if with, with a purchase of $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. I highly recommend it. It's an incredible store, so make sure to go to thehopefilledjourney.com today.